welcome Nerdy Knights of the Well-Rounded Table to Bohemian Geek Studies, where we take extremely dorky dives into our favorite fandoms. I'm Colleen McMillan, Jedi Master and Rebel Scum Collaborator. And I am Captain Daniel O'Brien of the Republic Navy. Happy to be aboard for my first time. Yes, welcome, Daniel. <laughs> and I am Pirate Jedi Anders Drew. Now, between all of us at BGS, we run the gamut in terms of rank, but no matter what rank you carry, one thing will always remain constant. Much to learn, we still have. Indeed. Today, we're very excited to give our initial reactions and theories for the newest Star Wars animated show, The Bad Batch, which premiered on Disney Plus on May 4th. May the 4th be with you. What a ride. What a ride, guys, for that very first extra long episode. It was more mm -hmm. like a movie. Now, consider this your official spoiler warning. We are obviously going to be discussing spoilers from this episode and some rampant theorizing about what's to come. So if you want to avoid that, tune in to our Star Wars Rebels coverage and see what the ghost crew is up to instead. But if you've seen the episode, grab a drink from the mess and come with us to Camino as we prepare to discuss the premiere Bad Batch episode entitled aftermath colleen let's punch it with an episode recap yahoo indeed we open on the planet keller jedi master depa balaba and her clone troopers are waiting for reinforcements her padawan caleb doom again arrives with clone force 99 the titular bad batch made up of hunter wrecker crosshair tech and echo, echo. who quickly echo. resolve the conflict yes we love echo cheers to echo Soon after, Order 66 is issued, Dipa tells Caleb to run and is gunned down by her clone troopers. Hunter, the Bad Batch leader, is confused and tries to help Caleb at first, to Crosshair's dismay. Mm. Caleb escapes, but Hunter claims to have killed him as ordered. The clones then return to Camino, where things seem a little bit different, and they meet Omega, a small human child. After seeing the newly crowned Emperor issue a rally cry to hunt down the remaining Jedi, Tech hypothesizes that the Bad Batch are immune to the clones' behavioral programming due to their genetic abnormalities. Admiral Tarkin, there to inspect all of the clones and determine if the new Empire determine if the new Empire is going to continue using them, puts the Bad Batch through a live fire training exercise and then sends the increasingly suspicious team on a mission to quote-unquote deal with some separatist insurgents on Onderon. Once there, the clones realize that the insurgents aren't battle droids, but civilians, being led by none other than Saw Gerrera. They, all except for Crosshair, what a dick, agree that mm -hmm. this just isn't right, and they leave the mission incomplete. Tech reveals that Omega is a defective clone like them, and Hunter is determined to save her from Kamino. Upon returning, the Bad Batch are detained and Crosshair is taken in for evaluation. His inhibitor chip is enhanced to make him even more compliant. Meanwhile, the rest of the crew, along with Omega, break out of their cell and move to escape. Crosshair catches up with them and tries to take them out, but the group escapes on their shuttle. Uncertain about who they can trust, the Bad Batch decide to head to J-19 to meet an old ally. Dun, dun, dun. Bum, bum, bum. So much going on in these episodes. So guys. much. Don't call You're right. She this is a small Chancellor. movie. He's the freaking emperor. <laughs> Get it together, Camino ends. Okay, so to start us off with, we're going to look at a couple really quick themes just for today's episode and for the series moving forward. I think this is going to be the biggest one for the series the idea of togetherness versus otherness. 
And mm -hmm. if you are other, can you be part of something, part of something that is togetherness? The Bad Batch embrace their otherness, though. They reject the collective of the regular reg clones. <laughs> they make their own family and form their own kind of togetherness from that. It's more like Band of Brothers meets Dirty Dozen instead of just straight yes. up war group. Yeah. And then this episode, we have responsibility and Hunter's feelings towards that responsibility where he failed Caleb or he feels like he failed Caleb. And then he kind of has to make up for it a little bit in his mind by going back for Omega. Like no person left behind, especially if they're part of our crew. Exactly. Guys, this episode was so, so good. It was so right? good. Oh my God. <laughs> I just, I'm so still good. like reeling, still reeling from watching it. Okay, so our next section, we're going to talk about our reactions and our favorite moments and highlights from the episode. Just wow, across the board. I have very few critiques of this episode slash movie of television. Blown away. Absolutely. Dave Filoni and crew, thank you for everything. Was I crying after the first 20 minutes? Maybe. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I definitely was. It was fine, guys. I did see an interview before watching with the producers Jennifer Corbett and Brad Rao that we were getting color in this episode. So I nearly lost my damn mind when I saw that. I was like, oh my God, oh my God, are we getting Caleb and Depa Balava's Order 66? Mm. Oh man. I remember I really, we got the text from you. You were just like, oh, yeah. guys, I oh like, my God. Ah! <laughs> I flipped out, y'all. I totally flipped out. I adore the Kanan comics, which is where the color references come from. And I couldn't wait to see him in action as a Padawan, so precious. Overall, I was really impressed with the narrative beats that the show took, even if they've been done before. It's a lot of trope work happening, but they're tropes for a reason, they work. Such as the gruff dudes taking on the quote unquote babysitting duties for a precocious child. And then of course, the one member of a team breaking bad and betraying mm -hmm. his teammates. Definitely anticipating a lot of heartache and heartbreak along the way for this series. Definitely. Andrews, how about you? Definitely. Oh, I mean, this episode was just so, so good. Just like you said, we've seen some of these tropes before. We've seen a lot of these tropes before, but they're still fun. I am absolutely certain that by the end of next week, I will be willing to sacrifice many people in order to save Omega. So yes. it'll work. We'll kill you all. Uh -huh. <laughs> <laughs> um, I also just love the fact that they used Order 66 as the opener. It roots us directly in the timeline, gives everyone a frame of reference and kind of orients us for what's to come you know i've been wondering since clone war season seven how these particular clones probably reacted to order 66 because they were always kind of more defiant they are genetically different could their inhibitor chips not work or maybe could their brains have just straight up rejected them i don't know and i mean yeah, this did every don't really know <laughs> no I mean, if crosshairs are if crosshairs are reference, then they're there and they're technically functioning. They just have the ability to ignore them. Um, and I mean, this episode did everything a pilot needs to do. It sets up the character dynamics, the entire state of the galaxy, kind of the central problem for the team, and the animation is just stunningly beautiful. I remember when Clone Wars season seven premiered. I was like shocked because I had just gone back and watched some early Clone Wars episode and to see the evolution of the animation from those early yes. episodes to that. And then another leap forward here. Everything just looks so good, so sharp, so slick. 
I am just super pumped for the rest of the season. I won't lie. When it started and we saw that red Clone Wars title card and Aftermath was in red, I almost texted Colleen. I was like, are we going to see Maul here? Because that's what that should signify normally. No, I don't think so. Sam Witwer admitted that he did not do voice work for the Bad Batch, but it could be a misdirect. We can sit here and hope that we get some mall. <laughs> i'm wearing my mall shirt guys like i'm, I'm hoping that we can we i can would get some love mall. it yes I would, Daniel, how about so you happy. initial reaction so i going into this was a little worried because i wasn't the biggest fan of the bad batch characters in season seven of clone wars and then when we saw the trailers and we saw there was going to be a kid involved i was a little worried there because i'm like oh how's that going to affect the flow of the team i within the first 20 minutes probably was already hooked into this episode. I thought the character dynamics were amazing, like you mentioned. I really bought into them as a squad this time. They really fleshed out the characters in a way that made me see them more than just kind of the caricatures that I thought they were. Um, really interested to see where the squad grows from here, especially with Crosshairs now on the other side. Um, I really was impressed with Omega too. I thought she integrated into the team really well. Like I. I'm going to like having her around and I'm sorry I ever doubted you, Omega. Um, and then what really got me, I, I was already sold on the show, but what really got me was the scene when they actually sit and talk with Saw Gerrera. Um, I was like, yeah, okay, I'm in. I am in for this ride. So I cannot wait for the rest. Yay. <laughs> Just like keep giving it to us, please. please, please. Right? Like, baloney, I'm sorry I doubted you. We will never doubt you again, our Lord and Savior, Dave Filoni. Mm. Okay, so moving into our favorite moments, there were a lot this episode. Everything was pretty much pitch perfect. Besides everything we got in color, which was my favorite part. <laughs> Sorry, y'all, but Kanan is my boy. <laughs> Probably my favorite moment was how each clone reacted in the cafeteria brawl scene. So on character for every single one of them, especially Crosshair just sitting there continuing to eat. <laughs> Like, ugh, again. <laughs> he eats until they knock his tray away, and then he's like, fuck. <laughs> he starts to fight back. It's like, you guys are always ruining my dinner. Oh, man. I love how they set up the dynamic this time between the Bad Batch members. Echo's still the new guy. Like, you can mm -hmm. tell he's still new, but he's integrated really well with them. Mm -hmm. I like that Tech is paired with Wrecker. They make, it makes a lot of sense because their skills complement each other, and Tech might be able to stop Wrecker from doing stupid things <laughs> which i mean it didn't quite work in this episode but he's always there yeah. to get wreckers back which is always which is fantastic their banter one of the best parts of the episode then we have a more interesting dynamic with crosshair and hunter i think the betrayal is going to hit hunter the hardest they seem like they were kind of tight and hunter was the only person that crosshair even date like thought about respecting what it, it seemed to hit him that Hunter ignored the order and it was kind of eating at him like, but boss, my guy, why you do? <laughs> don't ignore the orders, please. I don't want to have to betray us. When he threw his toothpick at that one part, I really wish that was the last time he had it because he has it when he walks out with his sniper rifle yeah. when mm -hmm. he's betrayed them. And I'm like, I wish they'd gotten rid of that. So it signified that like he's gone. Like this is not really crosshair anymore. I think that Ooh, could have that been interesting be to do, but if they keep it, it's like, well, he's still in there, so maybe they can bring him back. I doubt it, but it's possible. I loved 
that the clones were mostly the usual Django cookie cutter clones or yeah. they were wearing helmets. There was mm-hmm. nobody unique. There were no Rexes, nobody with specialized tattoos or hair except the Bad Badge members, which was nice to see. It really Tarkin's made them stand already out. happening. Right? Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, Rex is already bugged out. So. <laughs> and a lot of the other specialized clones are probably dead. Like, Jesse's dead. He's gone. Tep is dead. Fives. Fives is dead. Kix is alive, but in stasis somewhere at this point. <laughs> My favorite part, though, I think out of the entire freaking episode, <laughs> the lesson that we learned is don't fuck with the comedian's funding. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. Gonna learn. <laughs> Anders, uh, how about you? There were so many just like fun little highlights. That moment when Omega picks up the blaster at the end yes. and has incredible aim. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, the Camino one's allowing them to escape. It raised, it raised an eyebrow for me at that point because the Camino ones during the Clone Wars were always acting kind of sketchy. Like they were always still kind of that secretive. You never really thought that they had anyone's best interests at heart. Mm-hmm but her letting them go was interesting. And then the fight scene in the, what I'm dubbing the Kaminoan American Gladiator pit, because you can't tell <laughs> me that that was not an influence for that thing. It looked straight up out of a 90s American Gladiator episode. For real. <laughs> yeah. Complete with like for the real. tower guns and everything. <laughs> but oh, that knife shot to end the exercise was so, yes. so yeah. cool. I mean, Crosshair um, is really good. <laughs> yeah. I'll get to that in a second. Um, anytime, anytime Tech is explaining something, I also, I'm just here for it. He's got that kind of like deadpan. He explains that they all look at him. Like, how do you know that? And he, and he has a look that says, how do you not? <laughs> like, I thought it was obvious. <laughs> just a really fun Love him. He's my favorite one. <laughs> uh, small moment, but I actually, I really like that they had Echo freak out after waking up in the med bay showing some of that PTSD and a really good callback to his former moments when he was being hooked up to the machines and he was the algorithm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, dude, Crosshair's worked for the Empire for like a day and his aim has already gone to shit. <laughs> the fact that he did not hit any of them during that escape is mind boggling to me considering he is supposed to be this genetically enhanced sharpshooter. <laughs> he Maybe he, no he does hit record, doesn't he? Yes. He hits yeah, record once. Record. Yeah, but that's a pretty low yeah. batting at that's a pretty low average for someone of crosshairs. That's true, caliber. yeah. Maybe but he is heart, for the he first time to. going against and it yeah, could be least. that. Or this is the first time he's ever gone against anyone enhanced like himself. So maybe he's finally met his match. Could be, could be. Fingers Especially crossed, with Hunter, I think. Yeah. He beat the toughest one to hit. He's the one that he tried to take out, like the hardest yeah mm-hmm. like because that would take the glue away from the oh, team. yeah All right, daniel how about you oh, favorite man. moments so that that standoff before the final confrontation and the hangar happens i was on the edge of my seat and then the whole time they're in prison i was just to my roommate i was like oh my god what's going to happen with crosshair what's going on when they take him off to interrogate him I was like, is he going to go back in the squad? Is he going to be like a double agent? What's going to happen? Like, I was so invested in that moment, like that prison and escape, all of that. I I think that part of the episode was just so thrilling. Um, it was all very fun, but I really enjoyed like that. That area was probably my favorite. 
All right, so next we're moving into our Easter eggs, connections, and callbacks section. We're going to start out with the best part of the episode. Okay, just kidding, guys. <laughs> there were a lot of great parts. But there were huge continuity errors or issues, we can say, that happened with the opening section, even though we're really happy to spend time with Jeppa and Caleb. It's still there. Freddie Prince Jr. is voicing Caleb Doom here. Mm-hmm. Adorable. A little out of place, <laughs> but we're still here for it for the most yeah. part. He's very small, so he should have a small yeah, voice. He... Instead, it's a very, like, I've hit puberty. I'm coming for you girls kind of voice. Like, how old is he supposed to be in this moment? Like 13, 14. Yeah. Yeah, come on. Make him like 15 or 16 because that is way too deep of a voice. Yeah, he hit puberty real hard, guys. Or oh, it hit man. him real hard. So the Canon comics, which are canon, they are Disney canon, established how Order 66 went down on Calaire with Deppa and Caleb. It's very different from what we got on the show. If you want an even more emotional, hard-hitting moment, read the comics, which detail Deepa's and Caleb's relationship with their clone troopers really well. It makes the betrayal sting that much harder. Another little thing, Deepa Palaba's lightsaber is supposed to be green. It's green in the comics, and I think it's green in the prequels also. It's blue on the show. Like, eh, I guess that's fine. This is something that happened during Clone Wars Season 7 as well, related to Ahsoka and the explanation Mm -hmm. of the events that happened in her novel, which differed from the Clone Wars TV show. I think that the creative team, they're just not going to sweat the small stuff when it comes to this thing, when it comes to details like this, which is, it's irksome but we can get over it a little bit. <laughs> I, I wish it had been closer to the comics, but it's we still got it, which I'm happy with. Mm-hmm. Next up, if that line, good soldiers follow orders, mm. sounds familiar to you guys, <laughs> it absolutely should. <laughs> so during the Fives arc in season six of Clone Wars, the trooper Tup's inhibitor ship malfunctions and he guns down General T- Tiplar. Mm-hmm. And he just keeps repeating the line, good soldiers follow orders, good soldiers follow orders, following orders. And it's, oh God. It's so hard. Mm-hmm. Mm. Fives so, arc. Mm. Oh, that's oh. a really tough one. It, but it is an indicator to us very early on that Crosshair is more being controlled than the others by his mm-hmm. inhibitor chip, that, that it is more effective on him yeah. from the from the jump. Mm-hmm. <laughs> speaking of that arc daniel what's the what's up next oh, oh no oh my Here, god daniel the sad one <laughs> right you guys love to give me the sad one um oh goodness so we have medical droid az3 uh this droid is the same one that worked with the clone fives during the clone Wars season six arc around the inhibitor chips it's our boy. Um, so we gotta, we gotta pour them all out for this guy. I'm just, oh god, pour about for this fives. one hurt. This I was, was not expecting was him. No, me either. And then when he showed up and he was so chipper and happy, I'm like, that is Fives' friend, y'all. Mm. It's gotta be. <laughs> this yeah. is actually officially my one, my one like major critique of the episode is that this droid mm. didn't escape with them. Like the crew needs a droid companion, and they had one okay, already so it's, here. It's right there. He's right here. Yeah. Take him with you. Uh, next up, 
Mm. Uh, we've got the Kaminoans that we actually spend a little time here. We have Lamassu, the Prime Minister of Kamino, and Nalase. Mm -hmm. We have seen both of these characters before. Lamassu was all the way back in mm -hmm. the Attack of the Clones film and not, yeah. has shown up along with Nalase throughout uh, the Clone Wars. You know, shouts out to Nalase, who was just totally fine killing fives. Bitch. but she did let the bad batch and omega go and she seems to have a pretty special connection with omega they wear the same head headpiece she was working as yeah. her assistant so interested to see where that goes that is intriguing that she's kind of dressed like a Kaminoan instead mm -hmm. of dressed like a clone would be and they don't say who she's an enhanced clone of so I'm wondering where that's going to go. Mm -hmm. Very, very, very curious. Very I do love curious. her little, yes, we have five Bad Batch <laughs> members. That was yeah. clever. I didn't pick up on it until uh, until they call it out. Mm -hmm. uh, Carleen, what's our next major callback here? Speaking about mm, tricking somebody that deserves to be tricked, Tarkin, <laughs> mm, this fucking guy. Oh, I hate him. I hate him so much. He's such a good villain because you just despise him. Mm -hmm. They also recall the Citadel incident in this episode that resulted in Echo getting blown up. He tried to attack a shuttle that exploded and they all thought he was dead, which fair yeah. because he literally exploded. This is, mm -hmm. incident is also Tarkin's first appearance in the Clone Wars show. At this point in the timeline, he's still building up his power base. He's not yet given the title of Grand Moff that he will, while he's in control of the Death Star, he's not quite there yet, but he's still Palpy's favorite, basically. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about someone that we actually like, Saw Gerrera. Mm -hmm. uh, well, we like him at this point in the story. So we yeah. got him on Onderon. Mm -hmm. uh, so he hasn't gotten into his more terrorist extreme leanings yet. Um, right now he is helping refugees and displaced Republic fighters on Onderon during the episode. Yeah. Um, so the last time we hung out with Saw was when Ahsoka was helped training the Republic-friendly fighters on Onderon in the Clone Wars all the way back in Season 5. Uh, so it's nice kind of stepping into where he was. Mm -hmm. And he's more scarred up. I mean, he's seen more yeah. action. Yeah. You can tell time has passed since we last saw him. Um, but you know he's not full on the Saw we're going to get in Rogue One. Yeah, he's not crazy yet. He's not like yeah. yelling about lies and deception yet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But I, I mentioned this to my roommate. We definitely, you can see the seeds of that in Saw because yes. I didn't really think about the fact he's been fighting since the Clone Wars. He's been fighting way longer than some of the other Republic leaders So and the, the Resistance and Rebellion leaders. So yeah. I, I, I'm not surprised that he ends up becoming the most extreme one considering how long he was in that fight. Right. Yeah. Yeah, considering how long his planet was subjugated. Yeah. Mm -hmm kind of like sham Sandula too like it's no yep. wonder that they yeah. became crazed because their exactly. were ravaged all right colleen what's a what's a slightly more lighthearted one guys <laughs> wrecker's <laughs> little tuka cat plushie you guys <laughs> if not illustrating that he is basically a large <sighs> child i mean i've got plushies so that's neither mm -hmm. here nor there but it's so cute you guys her name is lula Oh my Lula! Lula. You can it was say so cute. Loath cat also like Loath cat, Tuka cat, same thing. Yeah, adorable. Oh. And 
All right, guys, this last one, I just decided I can't let this episode pass without calling attention to the namesake of Clone Force 99. So we have Clone 99. This guy was a severely malformed clone during the Clone Wars to the point where they decided he was unfit to actually be a trooper. So he was assigned janitorial work. Uh, he ultimately helped to inspire the members of Domino Squad, which feature some of our favorites, Echo and Fives, mm-hmm. to pass their final tests to become the troopers that they ultimately became. And then later, he took up arms alongside his brothers to help fight the Separatist invasion of Kamino and paid the ultimate price and sacrificed his life. And he was just such a good guy. And... He always, all he wanted was to fight alongside his brothers, which he got to do and is ultimately remembered as a hero. And again, he is the namesake of Clone Force 99. So I just wouldn't let it pass without raising a toast to our guy, 99. Also a really nice touch that I remember from those arcs. They didn't have a lot of like clones making fun of him. There might have been like one or two mm-hmm. small moments where you could tell they were looking down on him, but for the most part, like they called him brother. They they accepted him as one of theirs, which I always thought yes. was a really nice touch. Way better than calling the bad batch the sad batch. Like what yeah. a dick move. Ugh. Right? Like, come on. Like you're all basically jocks in the cafeteria, but he's like the jockiest of the cliche jocks. So with that, let's move into our last little bit here. Any predictions or questions we have for the upcoming episodes? Colleen, I know you're going to get into some of the juicier potential details. So I'm not going to say too much for the next episode, but I'm going to predict that we get a little bit more into Omega's origins. Whether we get like the final answer around, you know, why she was made as a she. Because she does look just enough like young boba for me to say she is still a Django mm-hmm. clone in some capacity yeah um but i'm more interested in getting a little bit more also of her this intuition she seems to have is she a force sensitive clone that's what i really want to know her little speech to crosshair was really yeah. sweet yeah that yeah. really made me think really she might good. be force sensitive so i'm i'm interested to see where we go forward with her i um speaking of crosshair I really just am wondering when he's going to pop up because he is so sneaky. And I'm just, that is like my big thing that I am waiting for. I'm just going to keep every little shadow in, in episodes going forward. I'm going to be, is that him? Is he coming for us? Oh no. Um, I hope he doesn't kill one of them. No. That, that is going to be absolutely painful uh, if he does. I mean, is the, that's, I mean, that's a question for you for the series. Is this a Rogue One type scenario where this just cannot possibly end well? Right. Oh, I hadn't even thought of that. (laughs) And that makes (laughs) so much sense. Because we don't, we don't know what happens to them. No. We don't know if they were ever part of the rebellion. I wouldn't be surprised if either a bunch of them get Rogue One and then Oh no, what if Hunter <laughs> is the only one left because he's the Rambo looking guy. I can see everyone oh, no. else at the end. Oh boy. All right, no, 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 no more depression. <laughs> no more depression. Hey, you guys make me sad every week on yet another Star Wars podcast. <laughs> My That's turn to fair. bring me sad. That's very fair. 
That's true. <laughs> okay. Oh, Here we go. This is where I'm going to drop that sweet, sweet J19 research. Friend of the pod, Jason Zambricki, did a little quick search on this, turned up some interesting details. So I dug in deep. J19 could be referring to the, and I'm going to butcher this one, Suo Reap sector. That's a tough one, y'all, which is also referred to as sector J19. What's in the sector, you say? It is the planet Selukami. Mm. Mm. If that sounds familiar, it should. We've been there before in season two of the Clone Wars. And a familiar face lives there. Clone Trooper Deserter Cut Laquane. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He settled there with his Twilight wife and his two adopted children early in the Clone Wars, where he was discovered by Captain Rex. So could we already be getting our road to Rex in the next episode? <laughs> I would love it. Uh, I would love it. Fantastic. I'm all about that. this life. <laughs> if so, oh why would Rex contact cut? Could he be some sort of like safe house going forward for defecting clones like Gregor and Wolf? Hey. Is Rex like telling people to go there? Maybe like he finds his old friends or older Ooh. clones that he knows are probably like, I can't believe we killed our Jedi. This is not okay. Give it to me, please. <laughs> <laughs> I like this angle. I like this angle a lot. And give more for D. Bradley Baker to do. He's like, oh, you want me to do another clone? All right. Yeah, it's true. Which, good for D. Bradley Baker. Bring in, bring in the heat this episode. Mm-hmm. Holy crap. Every single clone in the Bad Batch sounds different. Yeah. Yeah. They all sound different and unique. Fantastic. Love it. All about you, D. Bradley Baker. You're mm-hmm. gonna, you are the winner of every episode as far as I'm concerned <laughs> for this run of the Bad Batch. Oh, okay, everybody. So we're winding down for this episode today. We're gonna wait and see how our coverage of the Bad Batch is gonna be. We had planned to do a mid-season and a post-season analysis, but we've received requests to dive right in, so we did. <laughs> we'll keep you updated on our progress as we journey along with the Bad Batch and Omega. But until then, follow us wherever you get your podcast. Subscribe to that YouTube channel and leave us those five-star reviews. Check out the website, bohemiangeekstudies.com, where you can watch all of our episodes. Enjoy Colleen's Book Corner, where she's reviewing Star Wars literature, and contact us through email and social media. And as always, keep telling other nerdy nice to join us. It always helps. Mm-hmm. You can also head to ForgottenEntertainment.com to check out all the offerings from the Forgotten Entertainment family, including yet another Star Wars podcast where Colleen, Daniel, and I examine the films in the Star Wars canon. But until next time, Vibro Braids Up, keep those episodes streaming. Bye, Bye everybody. Guys. Thanks for having me. <laughs>